You are listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help bump us up in the podcast platforms. Additionally, make sure you share it with your friends. All right, well, I got bad news for you. We're not doing the bait of Satan tonight, okay? But what the Lord has given me is we're going to do a little bit on marriages. So, even if you're not married, you're single, it's still going to be a good study for you tonight because it's the Word of God. Amen? Even if you've been divorced, there's still potential out there one day that you'll learn something on how to treat the next person, right? So there's, there's something in the Word of God for all of us. So, my first question is, is there anybody that would like to share a testimony on something that your spouse has done for you in your life that's been great, just outstanding, something, anything? Hello. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Pastor. Um, just a little background. I was married before Laura and I uh, got married in 2011. And, um, of course, that one didn't work out. But through our relationship, we were friends first for many years. And through our relationship and our marriage, probably the one thing I really learned is how to truly be in love. Amen. Not just to love someone, but to be loved by someone. Amen. So this was really a cornerstone for us other than Christ, of course. Uh, and this blesses my marriage tremendously. I have complete faith and trust. I have minimum worries. Everybody's yeah. got worries, but I have minimum worries. And it's just good to be loved and to know how to love. Amen. 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 Mike? Not making light of anything, but... I'm not perfect, and she puts up with a lot from me, and yeah. like I, I, I have an attitude problem that nobody <laughs> here knows, but I tend to get angry really quick, but she forgives me, and she forgives me, and she forgives me. Amen. So, Amen. Anybody else? <laughs> uh, my wife is the most unselfish, caring woman. She takes care of our family and me without even no complaints and yeah she just puts herself for or puts us first over her amen amen i'm enjoying this because if you don't talk we're only going to be here for about 10 minutes so okay need a little help well it took a little i mean it didn't take too long it took a while for rob and i but we finally realized that we were each other's best friend, which wow. a lot of people realize they have to have their best friend outside of a marriage, when I think that that should be the person that you spend the rest of your life with. Yeah, amen. It makes it a lot easier. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, that was only two minutes. <laughs> um, if we had listened to my mom, if he would have listened to my mom, we would have celebrated 27 years this past August, but we celebrated 17. And, um, you know, I got engaged, got married. It didn't work, you know, at four years, but I thank God for my Danny. He got engaged, and I honestly have to say I hated the girl. And I was already engaged because something in my heart I knew who, you know. And so at the old church, I used to sit about four rows back, and this little bald spot really looked like a smiley face at one time. <laughs> That's how much I followed. <laughs> uh, and I mean, and so but we went to church, and, and he is not the reason, you know, that we divorced or anything, my first marriage, but we became friends. And um, 
we were just friends. And he would come over on Sundays, he and another gentleman, and I'd fix dinner. And we went somewhere one weekend, and we kissed each other in line. And Danny went home and told my mom, Mommy, <laughs> or Mamma, Mommy and Scotty kissed. And, uh, but, you know, I thank God um, for answering prayer because yeah. we truly are best friends. We're just friends all that time. But had we listened, like I said to my mom, but God knew. Yeah. We had to go through other seasons and stuff. And he's the greatest, and I wouldn't take any. And I used to say the next guy I had to marry had to walk on water. He's afraid of water. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's still the, the one that God meant for me. And had we just listened, you know, but yeah. I thank God for him. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? All right. Hey, if I don't have to preach, I'm okay. <laughs> I won't take that long. Um, <laughs> my wife, what, what she did for me is, uh, is the reason I'm here. Um, she's uh, always been strong in her faith, um, regardless of what happens. Um, she, um, she lost her son um, last year. Um, and, you know, I, when we got married in 2009, I, I told her I was an atheist and you weren't changing me. And uh, I'm happy to say I was very wrong. Uh, yeah. But... Amen. It was really but it was really her dedication and, and her um, just the way she lives and the way her faith is inspired me to want to be here and want to learn more and get involved and here I am. Amen. Can you grow a beard? We need a Joseph. <laughs> I'm trying, Pastor Kerry. Um I was trying to get her to say something nice about me, but she wouldn't. So. She won't say anything? Okay. <laughs> so I'll just do it. No, I was married previous, and I had, uh, before she passed, I had four children. And, of course, we got Vivian now. Very grateful for that. Uh, God put uh, Julie in my path, and she loves my children, just, and they love her just as much. Yeah. And it's been really a blessing for me in my latter years, and um, the way... I mean, we just knew. Uh, one Sunday morning, I got up, and I was really kind of angry, and I set my foot down. I was putting my shoes on the kitchen table, and I was like, God, I'm tired of being alone, uh, tired of dating, and some of them was like nuts and, you know, <laughs> and flakes, and, and I'm, I'm just tired of it. Yeah. I said, I, gotta ha I want a wife. Yeah. And I said, if I don't have one at church or somewhere in the next few days, you know, I'm hanging it up. And... Uh, that Sunday, she got baptized, and I knew her and her family. And when she came around to uh, out the doors of the church, and I kind of greeted her and gave her a hug, and that was it. Yeah. So Amen. I just thank God for my wife. Amen, buddy. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody? All right. All right. Rusty wants to. I like this. Huh? This is good. This is good. Well, you can too, right behind him. Yeah. Um, my wife and I have been married 53 years. And, nice. Um, I told her, don't, don't expect another 50 because I probably won't make it. But uh, she's the reason that really that I've been saved, been in church. We were high school sweethearts. And, of course, I was lost as a badger. Started dating her and started going to church with her, a little old country church, and um, got saved there. 
and um, she's my best friend. Uh, we have uh, three children, and um, you know she's a great mother. Uh, she is a prayer warrior. If you give her something to pray for, she's praying every day. So um, I love her, and uh, like I said, she's my best friend. Probably the best thing ever happened to me. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Do you want it, Shirley? I'm surprised they remembered how many years. <laughs> but I'm, I'm the one that's forgetting it now. Um, he said we were high school sweethearts, and I think I was in the seventh grade when I started liking him. And, um, you know, it just matured, and um, he went off to Vietnam. And that's where my faith really grew, because mm -hmm. I said, Lord, bring him home. Yeah. We'll serve you. But he was doing the same thing over there. He was saying, you take me home and I'll serve you. Yeah. And we've done that. We haven't always been perfect at it. We've got three children, like he said. And, um, you know, there are two out of threes in church. One's a pastor. But he he's always been our, I mean, we've always been best friends. And... Um, my grandmother used to say, when people would ask her, how long have you been married? She'd say, oh, my life. And really, it feels like it's been all our life because we were very young. But, you know, with God, we've come a long way. Amen. And I just thank him for. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody else? One more? Anybody? Good? All right. Well, let's talk about marriage a little bit tonight. Cindy, you got anything you want to say? <laughs> Come on now. I got all kind of good stuff to say. All kind of good stuff. All kinds. So uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about yourself as individuals first, right? So Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. You know, whenever you read that scripture, I don't know if you think about it. You know, I've always thought that he may have formed an image. But no, it says that he, he drew in the dust and he breathed the breath of life into man. John 1 and 4 says that in him was life, in him is life. Think about that. He, he just drew an outline and he breathed into it. Man is different from any other of God's creation, God literally breathed life into us. It doesn't say that he did that for, for any other animal, any other creation, just us. Why? Why would he make us so different? Unlike the rest of his creation, God created us to have a covenant relationship with him. Not the birds, not the deers, not the flowers. He wants your heart. He wants, he wants to know what you think about him. He wants to know everything that you think about him every single day. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to respond to him whenever he does things for you. He wants to hear. He wants you to rely on him. Genesis 1 and 27 says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. We're created in his image. We're all created differently. Our weight, our height, our laugh, our smile, it doesn't matter, but it's all in his image. So what is truly his image? His image is love because 
Whenever you look in the mirror, what do you see? You see love. You see yourself as love. I see myself as love. There's days that I get up and I look better than other days, but I mean, hey, I still say, hey, I'm good looking, right? What about you, Scotty? Huh? You even got a smile on the back of your head. I mean, you're double blessed and I'm loving it. I'm loving it, right? I mean, we're created in his image. Amen? Ephesians 1 and 4 says, according as he has chosen us, according as he has chosen us in him. Wow. Did he just take a little bit of him and put into the world? According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. So he's wanting us in that covenant relationship once we're saved to be holy and without blame before him in love. In love with who? In love with him. But eventually we find someone else. He wants us to be in love. You have a high and a clear value and a clear destiny on your life. He says, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He, you're created in his image with his blessings upon you. Rocky and I, we discussed a little bit before church about the things that we go through. But maybe if we chase after God a little bit harder, maybe we won't walk through some of those struggles that we walk through in life. Amen. Through Jeremiah 29, we learn that we have a high and a distinct value and destiny in our life because God says so. He said that he made a plan for us and a purpose. And then he says, and that we're not to be alone in Genesis 2 and 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Genesis 2, 21 through 24 says, and the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. First anesthesia, first surgery, and he slept and he took out of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead of thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She said she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, Shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall become one flesh. Woman was skillfully made. Man, we were made out of dust. But woman was skillfully made from man, right? Listen, men, he didn't take her from our head so that we could lord over her. He didn't take her from our mouth so that we could yell at her whenever we're having bad days, right? He didn't take her, he didn't make her from our feet so that we could trample on her as some people do in life, right? We are to be holy and blameless before God and that is in our relationship, he created her skillfully from our rib. Why? So that we can be, come on, don't oh my gosh me. Come on, get on your good side. Get on your good side, right? From the rib. The rib is protected, right? So I'm also protecting her. The rib is near to my heart where I also hold her. As men, we have to realize that we're equal 
in our relationship with our spouse or our soon-to-be spouse. Whatever it is, we're created equally by God not to trample, not to yell, not to lord over, but to love them as ourselves. He says, leave who raised you. You might go back and ask your parents for advice from time to time, but you've been joined together in love. You've been joined together in passion, dependability on each other. You become one flesh, one flesh, spiritually, emotionally, physically, respectfully, one joined together with value and destiny. Whenever we become come one, just think about that. Your value has just grown. And the plan and the purpose for life, she sings in the choir. She does different things. She wears many hats for, for Jewel City Church. But our ministry together is one where we've grown and spanned it in so, so many different directions, right? That's God's plan and purpose for us. You know, married unbelievers, you know, as Johnny spoke, if we, if we marry someone that's an unbeliever, that's our fault. But we have to pray as Mindy did, as Cindy did, as her mom did. We have to pray for that individual that God will touch our hearts and change us. Just like Adam, God created us men a helper. Amen? Just like Eve, God created you ladies a great guy. Amen? I mean, I think about this on, on how Cindy was born on an island. And yet she made it to a busy island, right? She, she ride the island with her grandpa on a bus, one of her favorite memories growing up on life. Then she moved to Washington, D.C. And from D.C., she moved to Clarksburg. Myself, I was born in Medina County, Ohio, lived there until I was five, moved to Clay County, West Virginia. But God had chosen her and God had chosen me, that our path would cross. I mean, the minute that I saw her playing volleyball, intramural volleyball at Fairmont State College, I fell in love. I was out of my mind. I mean, I was goofy. <laughs> Amen, still am. I was goofy in love. Listen, I would go out and buy fruit punch. <laughs> I would go buy what? Hawaiian punch, fruit punch because I was that much in love. I didn't have the courage to talk to her. So I drank Hawaiian punch. It's the best thing I could do, right? But without Cindy, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be who I am. I would be nowhere close to my walk with the Lord. I would be nowhere close in this marriage we renewed our wedding vows mm -hmm. on our 12th anniversary. And I told the man of God that I was not the man that she married. And I needed to recommit myself to God and to her. I bought her this pretty diamond ring. It has 12 diamonds in it. I didn't even pay attention to it. It was God ordained that it happened that way. My life from Madonna County, Ohio to Fairmont State College, born in an island, 
came to Fairmont State College, that our path would cross, ordained by God. He created my helpmate, my helpmate in this life. Think about how God has created us in general, you specifically, me. He gave us self-determination every day. Listen, if you don't have self-determination, you need to get some because God says work. If you want blessings, he says work, okay? So you need self-determination. He gave us self-consciousness to know right from wrong. Whether we choose to do right, that's on us. That's not God. And we blame him whenever we make wrong decisions towards our spouse. I can't believe she did that. Well, maybe we should examine ourselves. Maybe I did something that created her to do something, even though we shouldn't. Evil versus evil, right? He gave us freedom. He gave us awareness to respond to him. That's the biggest factor in our marriage is the awareness to respond to God and allow him to change us and to change each other's hearts, right? He planned from the foundation of the world a glorious future for those who would accept the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. We decided, I decided to choose my helpmate. She decided to choose her helpmate. Proverbs 18 and 22, men, it says, whoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing. If you found a wife, you should look at her right now and said, I found a good thing. Baby, I found a good thing. Yeah, there you go. You know it. Scotty's all about this. See, he likes it. Come on. Right? Whenever you findeth a good, a good thing in this wife, you obtain favor of the Lord. Mm. Man, you thought you just had a pretty wife. But you got favor from the Lord because you found favor whenever you found a great wife. Look at how we treat each other. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. You found your helpmate. And you did that, right? On your very special day. You did that on your wedding day. We said specific words from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until death do us part. We submitted those vows to God and to our families and our friends that were surrounding us, right? We submitted ourselves one to another that very day, saying, I'm with you, baby. In our struggles, without money, I'm with you. Whenever we feel like we only got bologna and bread, I'm with you. Right? Whenever she feels like she's got a cold and she needs NyQuil, I'm going to the store. Even though it's usually not how we operate. And if I feel something coming on me, I just snuggle underneath my cover and she leaves me alone. Right? I mean, that's how it goes. Right? For better for to love and to cherish. She loved and she cherished me. For 11 years of nastiness, to be honest. But we made a vow to one another. And she didn't give up on God. And she didn't give up on me. Twenty-two through twenty-four says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Submit, your, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Mm. 
Even whenever I read that to Cindy, she said, I like that. I like how he worded that. Listen, your husband, not anybody else's husband, your husband, the Lord is your number one priority. And then your husband is number two. Submitting to your own husband. Don't put any, when, when the dude at work starts flirting with you, say, I got a husband. I have someone at home that he is my helpmate. Speak to that seducive spirit that's trying to take you away from the one person that God gave you for the rest of your life. Amen. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So wives, you need to submit to your husband as you do Christ Jesus. You need to recognize his leadership as your husband. You need to be depending on him, following him, because he's your husband. And it's what the Lord is asking us to do. So basically, women, you need to have a great attitude. You need to have great support and great encouragement. And we husbands, we must lead with a mutual respect. Amen. So wives, don't stop flirting with your husband. Don't stop admiring him, even if he's a little bit overweight. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Don't stop admiring me. Don't stop complimenting your husband. Just don't stop. The things that it took to get him, don't stop doing those things. We still need it. Even though we're 23 years together, I still need those compliments. And women do too. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Thanks for jumping the gun, but we're getting there. Wilma wants the mic and wants to preach. All right, we're getting there, right? We're getting there. All right, now listen. Now here's, here's the one thing that I have to say. The Lord gave us three verses to women. But the Lord gave eight verses to men. So I don't know if we're a little bit harder to hear or what, but uh, he's given us a little bit more instructions, right? So maybe that's just because we're the head of the house, though, also. Hey? Amen. So let's read 25 through 33 of Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. That means you need to go out and buy some uh, oil of olay for your wife, right? <laughs> or any such thing, but that it should be holy <laughs> and without blemish. <laughs> that was good to like that, didn't you, Wilma? <laughs> So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, 
Let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So men, we've been instructed to love our wives even as Christ loved us and loves the church and he gave himself for it. So think about that, men. You're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. He sacrificed everything that he had for the church. Men, we are to sacrifice, and many of you do, for, for your wife, everything. Every day, we're to make sacrifices for our beautiful spouse. Why? Because she's submissive to us. And the only way that makes our day great is if she's happy, because if she's happy, everything in your house is happy, right? All right? Amen? We have to be the leader of our wife. Many of us probably don't do that. Sit down and have a devotional with your wife. We have to lead a godly example. So if we're drinking, cussing, smoking, if we're looking at pornography, if we're doing the things of the world, we're not leading our wife in a godly example. We're not doing the things that God's asking us to do. He wants us to sacrifice ourselves for her. He wants us to be the leader of our wife. He says, love your wife as Christ loves the church. He says, love your wife as your own body. Many of us may have let our body go a little bit, but we still love it, right? We still feed at breakfast. We still feed at lunch. We give a ho-ho every now and then, right? Or a Twinkie or something, right, Mary? We feed it, right? I mean, we take care of it. Why? Because we love that stuff, right? I'll grab a cherry Coke and drink it, right? Because I love it. I gotta love my wife like I love my own body. I have to nourish her. I have to encourage her. I have to care for her. I have to protect her. I have to cherish and love her. Warm embrace. You might as well stand up here next to me. You got to be able to hug, right? You got to be able to cuddle. You got to be able to sit down on a couch and cuddle with your wife. I said you might as well stand up here. We've got to get through these notes anyway, right? We've got to be one flesh. When she hurts, because she hurts from her day at work or whatever, I've got to hurt. But whenever we celebrate victories, we celebrate together, right? It's the good and the bad. It's everything that we are. It's togetherness, right? We pray together. Right? Our relationship relies on God first. If we don't pray together, we're not going to make it together. We praise together. We do devotionals together. We're called to lead our wives. We're called to leave our parents and to cleave to our wives. Not some other woman. Just like I told the men, the women, I mean, we're not to fall to seducing spirits of some girl that's flirting with you, right? 
We are to, listen, if you, if you bought your, life, your wife flowers whenever you were dating, don't stop. Buy her flowers now. I, Cindy had this vase that she kept all the rose petals, dead rose petals. And I made a huge mistake a year ago. I said, honey, why don't you throw those dead things away? And I regret that. Because I, I look at it as that was something that she cherished. And I look at it and I told her the other day, whenever I got her flowers, roses, and I said, maybe you should start saving those petals again because she hasn't been doing it. I said, that way we can see the petals on our 50th anniversary. Maybe we could just dump it out and just imagine how far it would go. I bought her flowers whenever we were dating. You know, whenever I used to get a paycheck, I used to shop at Shop and Save in Morgantown because it was the cheapest place to get roses. And I, and I bought her roses. Hey, it don't matter the price, right? It matters bringing flowers home, baby. That's right. That's right. So husbands, don't stop flirting. Why would you stop flirting with your wife? Don't stop holding her hands. Don't stop telling her that she looks fine. Don't stop telling her, you're beautiful, baby. Right? Husbands, every now and then, you need to stop the, and you need to give her a hug and a kiss. And you need to listen to how her day was. Because too often, we're busy. And we don't. We just keep on going. Or we sit down and we tune everything out, even our beautiful spouse. You can sit down, baby, if you want. <laughs> Until I call you back up, exactly. So remember, we're human. And it's because of Adam and Eve's sin, our journey can be tough. But every day we should learn to lean more and more on God and each other. Remember what Jesus said in Revelation 2 and 5. And I know that he's talking to the church of Ephesus. But he said, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent. So husbands, whenever you mess up, ask for forgiveness. Wives, whenever you mess up, ask for forgiveness. And he said, and do the first works. Your love for each other. Kindle that love. Don't let the flame go out, but kindle the love. Your hope in a healthy, happy marriage is to trust one another, to love one another, and to forgive one another. Listen, don't bring up yesterday's mistakes. Don't bring up 10-year sins. 1 Peter 4 and 8 says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. Because love covers a multitude of sins. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. But Jesus doesn't bring up my sins anymore. Jesus doesn't bring up my sins. Don't bring up the sins of the past if you want your marriage to move forward. You have to be able to forgive 
You have to be able to move past those points or else you're going to wind up hurt and discouraged for a long time. So we've got to learn to forgive, love, and trust. You know, I'm going to close with the two great commandments. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. That if we put God first in our life, right? He said the second is like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You may not consider your wife, your spouse to be your neighbor, but she is. She's your closest friend. She's your, she's your closest neighbor. So put God first. Love one another. Encourage one another. And live right with one another. Amen? Amen. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. I know that this was not a salvation message. But if there's anybody here that's never asked Jesus to come into our hearts, I'd ask you and encourage you to raise a hand. If you don't know Jesus, I would encourage you to raise a hand. This is for everybody that's married here tonight. If you have struggles, I'll start with the men. Men, you heard. How are you living? Examine yourself right here today before we walk out of the sanctuary. Some of you may not even be married. So how are you, how are you living that dating life? How are you living as a man in your own house? Maybe you have children. How are you living before them? Just examine yourself. Take a, just take a couple minutes. Wives, as they're examining themselves, examine yourself. Are you being submissive to your husband? Because it brings peace into the house whenever you're submissive. Are you still flirting and admiring your man? Because God wants you to. Examine yourself. Encourage one another. Listen, if you need prayer, this altar's open. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm thankful for your word tonight on marriage, Lord God. Father, we had laughs, we had testimonies, and I'm thankful for all of it, Lord God. But Lord, today, whenever we leave from here, I pray that we would take your word with us and apply it to our marriage. And if we're not married, I pray that we would apply it to our relationship, Lord God. I pray that this has helped someone, that when they would grow from this, I pray that it's helped everybody. We've all go through different, different times and, and difficult times, and, and maybe we have arguments with our spouse, Lord God. I ask for forgiveness for everybody in this room tonight, Lord God. Forgive me of when I've argued with my wife, Lord God. Help me to do better. Help us all to do better, Lord God, that we would be that one flesh as you brought us to, Lord God. Lord, everybody here is thankful for their spouse. Lord, I'm thankful for 53 years. I'm thankful for 23 years, and I don't know everybody else's years. 17. Lord, I pray that our unity would only grow in you and then with each other. Lord, I pray that our hearts would continue to be on fire for you, Lord God. 
Father, I pray that that hope and that future that we have, Lord God, would be revealed, the plan that you have for us, Lord God, as husband and wife would be revealed to where we can advance the kingdom even farther, Lord God. But also as individuals here at Jewel City Church. That Lord, that God, we love you. And Lord, we can't face another day without you, Lord God. Lord, there's many here that are divorced, many here that, that have lost their spouse, Lord God. And I pray for them, Lord God. I pray for their lonely nights, Lord God, for peace and for comfort to be upon them, Lord God. Lord, as Rusty says, the anchor holds. The anchor holds always in our life. And may we grab a hold of that anchor and may loneliness leave and peace and joy come into that house. Thy Lord, thy God, we exalt you. We magnify you. And we want more of you, and we want to go deeper with you. Father, I pray a blessing over these people, Lord God. They're your people, your peculiar chosen people, Lord God. And I pray that you would bless them and keep them. May your face shine upon them, Lord God. I ask it all in the name of Jesus, and amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 